You're on the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love, hate, and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Happy Pride, Shelby. Yes, yes. Are you part of the LGBTQ community? No. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I would say, I would say, definitely not. This is the this is the coming out of your outness. This yeah, it was sort of a phase for me, but I've moved on. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're both allies. 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 No, I'm not that either. <laughs> oh shoot! We're gonna have just to condemnation on them all. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to uh, reconsider my podcast host. Uh, <laughs> but well, uh, what a taking for you. applications. Yeah. Uh, I'll <laughs> also be starting GBF. a podcast. Yeah. On Fox News's podcast oh, network. Yeah, you and Matt Walsh. So much to talk about. What Look, is a they woman? gave me money? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, uh, it's like in Search Party when John Early's character becomes a Fox News correspondent. I believe. Did you, you ever watch Search Party? No, no. Oh, you tried to like get a me show you to like, yeah. Hmm, I should, okay. but right now I've been rewatching like disaster flicks and monster movies because it makes me feel like it, it's like a therapeutic thing because, and I think people have studied this. You know, like it, it's a comfort show because they solve a disaster in an hour and a half and that's hard to find in real life. So it's like soothing to me to know like, Oh yes, there's a volcano like flooding through LA, but they're going to figure this out. You know, does that work for horror movies? I think a lot of people do horror. Horror still doesn't scratch that itch for me because it's like too dark, but, but watching like Tommy Lee Jones or, or seeing Twister. Tommy Jones in anything, <laughs> yes, is a good call. Yeah. It's been a, a healing experience revisiting. I watched Jurassic Park 3. Um, oh, which, yes. Which I've I'm also prepared to say one. is the second best JP. I, I don't think that's controversial per se, but I've, I've come to that I mean, decision. It's really uh, a, a, a race for the bottom with... <laughs> All of them that aren't Jurassic Park. So I, I mean, yeah. it's definitely better than the Jurassic World movies. Yes, I would say that. So really, the only competition then is Jurassic yes. Park Two, which, which I feel like is slightly disjointed. So it is, but there are some really cool like pieces in both. And JP Three has the problem of like, oh, these raptors are so intelligent; they're chasing us for the eggs, which is kind of like a storyline that doesn't exactly work, but. I think ultimately, and you know what, J Lost World has more diversity and like women, women experiences, and whereas JP three is struggling on that on that front. But but I the think third one's more of a horror movie. Yeah. It has more of that energy, There's, which yeah. I think is, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about this because we're going to talk about Jurassic Park, well, Jurassic World. Oh yes, next <laughs> that week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> but just keep right. I have to figure out when I'm going to go see Jurassic World this weekend. You know what's so funny is my theater's offering a double feature, but it's not of like Jurassic World or Jurassic World Dominion. It's the OG Jurassic Park and then just sit on well, through the Dern <laughs> is World. in this one. Yeah, so. all three of them are. But it it'll just be like I I fear that anyone who's who 
enjoys the first just to be faced with this last, this latest might be, it might highlight the differences a little too harshly, you know? I mean, it's taken them so long to make this third one yeah. um, that I wonder if they sort of looked at some of the issues with the first and second and then decided to like double back on... I, I haven't seen any trailers for this new one either. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Well, I don't see trailers very often anymore because I see screenings <laughs> for things. Yeah, we get it. Okay, your goal. Uh, I had to mute it. I was sick of seeing the... I mean, not spoilers per se, but the only thing that I'm like truly excited about is the reunion of the three. So I don't want to see every like funny, funny one-liner or like, you know, clip or whatever of them. So I just muted it. Is so Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard is in this one again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for that. Um, but anyways, yeah, that'll yes. be that'll be next week. Um, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is our pop culture mm-hmm. roundup. So we're yes. looking backwards. We're yes. we're, we're focused on the stories news the of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wondered what you know, there was a lot happening in a lot of different av- like venues, like a lot of different genres of news. So I'm curious what's your What's your top story? What well, this is first? definitely not the top story, but I feel like we need to follow it up on it from last week's uh, pop culture roundup, the Matthew Morrison saga, <laughs> yeah. where he was like sort of mysteriously let go from <laughs> So You Think You Can Dance. We got yes. an update on this Love that he update. had um, messaged one of the dancers and said, hey, it's Matthew. If you don't mind, would love to get your number to talk you through some things. Um, he claims that he was trying to connect the dancer with a choreographer that her, he had worked on. <laughs> I don't know if that is the case, actually, <laughs> or if he was trying to hit on somebody. Well, um, I mean, the reason we found out is because the story broke. Oh, sources say that he was fired for um, flirty message, flirty DMs that made a contestant feel uncomfortable. Yes. And so then he comes out with his stern little scowly face on an Instagram live and is like, I can't believe I have to defend myself and my family. I was so disturbed by these accusations. And he's like, here's the single message I sent to any contestant. (laughs) And then he read it out loud. And that's the, that's the proof he gave, which is, which is interesting because to me it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I have some questions about why you, a judge who has access to these people in other ways, felt like a DM was the most appropriate. And also this like thin excuse of we're mutually respectful of this choreographer. It's like, well, you didn't bring that up in your message. So why are you like assuming she would know that, you know? I mean, I guess I can sort of see a scenario in like in which like he wants to message her like they they actually he actually does have some kind of connection with his choreographer. He wants to send her the details, but he like doesn't really want to do it over inst or like over DM. So he's yeah. like, send me your phone number and I'll like connect you to or something. But it is odd that I guess, do we know who the choreographer is or what the, no. so yes. Well, strange. and what's weird is he's like, this is all I sent her. And it's like, well, yeah, the, the message could have been like, Hey, I know so-and-so I'd love to connect you guys. Send me your, you know, there's like a way to give the information without having this leading intro because I don't know. I've had like, 
I think there's a line there that he's refusing to acknowledge. Like, did he cross it? I don't know. Intent versus impact is a thing. And so now that he's doubling down, it's like, well, actually, sir, you're giving us more like context that doesn't necessarily help your case. It it kind of proves that whether or not you were thinking this is inappropriate, it felt inappropriate to her. I'm sort of shocked, though, that this would have gotten... him fired (laughs) because like there wasn't any it wasn't i mean i guess maybe in the contract it's like you have no um like you can have no connections with any of the contestants and then if you do you're automatically fired and which that would make sense here but there was like she never responded to it he yeah that we know of he never followed up that we know of so it was just this like one short sort of short thing into the ether which yes like is somewhat suggestive but not in any like explicit terms um and i feel like if a contestant brought this up to you know a filming apparatus they'd have been like oh okay uh was this it um if (laughs) Like, we're not going to fire this person. We've spent too much money on promotional and whatever, whatever. So the fact that they got rid of him makes me wonder if there was other things that were maybe, like, not tech specifically that were just sort of, like, vibes or in-person interactions that we don't know about. I'll be intrigued to see if there are more details on this story. Well, that's what's weird about him deciding to air it. Because I did see the headline that's like, oh, flirty messages. But it, like, died. Like, it wasn't, like, a story that was picking up steam. And then he comes out and he's, like, he, I mean, his his saying that this, his answering this suggests that that was why he was fired. Whereas if he hadn't said anything, then then it would have remained a mystery, sort of, that people would just, like, lose interest in. So it seems like a tactical error, in my opinion, that he even addressed it. And to come out so forcefully being, like, defensive i just immediately get a yuck vibe (laughs) but also if he is telling the truth then i could see why you would come forward because you're like truly i was just trying to set this person up with a choreographer and now everybody's gonna think that or like if i don't say anything everybody's gonna think that it was some like gonna make up whatever the hell they want to think it is um but but i think this message was not a great like if he if it true if the if the text had been like hey i want to say over the choreographer like that great put that out there this is so vague would love to get your number to talk through some things like what does that mean immediately now (laughs) yeah no i i have all i don't i don't want to say that he has a reputation but i feel like he does and i don't know if that's based on stories i've read in the past or i'm just making that up because i get vibes through the screen on him maybe i feel about him the way you feel about um nathan fillion i just like fillion i'm just like no i you know go away i don't care (laughs) yeah okay well we might get more details on this at some point we might not and you know it depends if it comes out on a week that we're not doing a pop culture roundup (laughs) you never know yeah um what other stories do you have um i love this story i think it's hilarious uh morbius R.I.P. to Morbius, but that's yes, the, the Jared movie. Leto movie. Yes. It, it came out this spring, bombed completely. No one liked it. But there was this tweet at the time that went viral, which was basically like, my favorite t- 
my favorite part of Morbius is when Jared Leto comes out and says, it's Morbin time. And this like caught, it was obviously a lie that he doesn't say that in the movie, but it became this like meme and it became this moment on Twitter. And the powers that be saw the the millennials and the Gen Zers like talking about Morbius and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a cult classic. Like we have to bring it back. Like they understand it now. They get it now. And Jared Leto does a couple like, he retweets that tweet and then he does like a cringy um, uh, TikTok where he's like writing the script for Morbius 2 and it's called Morbius 2, It's Morbin Time. Like just co-opting this joke in like the worst cringy like <laughs> boomer way. So they re-release it to theaters this weekend and it just bombs again because <laughs> no one goes to see it. It made less than $85,000. In this re-release scheme over the weekend. They re-released it solely because of the It's Morbin time? <laughs> yeah. Well, because there was this growing interest around Morbius jokes. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got that cult classic crown. Like, we've got we to gotta give the people <laughs> what they want. Well, I do feel like the Venom movies have somehow or another become a cult classic. <laughs> but Venom is, like... Not respected per se, but there's something that works in it. Like even the negative reviews are like, oh, well, there's something here. I didn't see a single, a single positive thing anyone had to say about Morbius. Like in any, not acting, not script, not storyline, not creativity, not, you know, uh, graphics. Just I'm not sure I know a single person who has seen Morbius. So (laughs) unclear. (laughs) But that made me smile. I just... Like, to bomb once, but then to have that, like, sense of hope to try again and to just completely flail once more. It's really charming. They're, they're, they make an attempt. We'll see if we get a Morbius, too. <laughs> Sparks joy for it's me. what the people want. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of sequels that may or may not be happening, um, new news has come out on the yes. Scream 6 sequel that we were going to get the scream five otherwise known as just scream came out this past winter the requel if you will and did really well everybody was really excited about it it sort of set itself up for a you know another couple of movies with some of the um like the new introduction of stars and then also courtney cox and neve campbell are still alive at the end of it. So you would assume that they would be in the sequel, like exciting stuff. They announced that it was supposed to come out in 2023. Today news came out that Neve Campbell will not be in scream six because they did not, they refused to pay her enough. And Mm -hmm. she said that she's worked extremely hard in her career to establish her value, especially when it comes to scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's like she did have a significantly smaller role in this last one as they're like bringing in new cast members. She's not necessarily the lead, but she's obviously the face of Scream. Her her and now Courtney Cox are the ones who have been in all of the Scream movies. So to have a Scream movie without them sort of seems like, is it a Scream movie at all? Part of me wonders if, 
she sort of knows this and is using this a little bit as like a hardball tactic to get more yes. money. Because I feel like everybody who's a Scream fan is going to be pissed off about this. They're not going to want to watch a Scream movie that doesn't have her in it. And I'm like, good for you, Neve, if you're using the press to try to like get more money. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, she's the face of Scream. Like you can't have a movie without her. I mean, they very well might put it out there, but I think that it would hurt the sales. Because they have done one without her, right? Wasn't the Hayden Panettiere one without her? No, she's in that. She's in all of them. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this and I was like, you know what? Good for you, girl. I hope public pressure is sometimes all we have. (laughs) So I respect the hustle. But even if she steps away and they decide to go ahead without it, I can see that happening too. I mean, it's being directed by two dudes and like written for two dudes. So by two dudes. So do... I have faith in them. I don't care enough to say so. No. <laughs> the the thing is, like, they're. The, I think they must be starting shooting soon if it's supposed to come out in twenty twenty three. So I'm like, this is really kind of the eleventh hour. I would have thought that they would have locked her contract up much earlier. Yeah. And then I'm also sort of shocked that this wasn't a clause already in the previous contract because a lot of times when they you know, do contracts for movies. It's like, okay, you're signing up for, you know, the next three Marvel movies or whatever. Right. So the fact that like, they obviously were hoping to do a scream six based on the plot of scream five. So it's interesting that they didn't establish that better. Um, Like because she wasn't in scream five a ton, I could sort of see them, like moving on without her in Scream right. Six, but the que- but the issue I think is that you're gonna have to bring her back in at some point. Like I could see them doing a movie without her, but if she's pissed off and doesn't want to be in any Scream movies ever again, that sort of tanks the franchise. I think. Yeah, it seems like either they'd literally have to open with her character dying like off screen, or it would be like Scream takes london you know it would have to go international or like change scenery because it can't be in the same like the whole i've only seen scream and scream scream and scream um but it's obsessed with its own lore so it seems like yeah to to separate that at this point yes like all of the movies are interconnected they're all set in the same town they're all about like the previous murders that have taken place so to not have her they're not like the halloween movies or something where you can sort of like spread out and there's been lots of different iterations of it like these are all built on top of each other the other question and i was looking around to see if anybody had reported anything on this but i didn't see anything is like what is courtney cox doing because (laughs) presumably she is in a similar predicament as neve campbell are they paying her more money are they paying her less money will she sort of like also quit out of solidarity Mm. um would they want a movie that only had Courtney Cox and not Neve Campbell as they're like a pair? It's just very lots of questions about this. I bet. Okay. This is my pitch. They kill off uh, the main girl. And then the twist is that Courtney Cox is the killer because she's lost everyone she cared about and now wants to go out with a bang. And then she'll die and it'll finally move on to only new characters in Scream 7. (laughs) I don't think that they could kill Neve Campbell off camera. 
I know, but I'm saying if they're forced to, if they choose, yeah. if they choose to cross the picket line and like go ahead with this, then I don't think you can just like. I mean, I don't know what rights she has to her face. Maybe they could deep fake it for a little scene. I, I don't mean, know. I I guess they could always do something that's like they pretend she's dead, and then if she wanted to come back in a later movie, they could. <laughs> Like, Something. you know, come up with a reason why she's not dead. What about this? Courtney Cox just really, really, really wants to be with children that she's come up with in her head and has to kill everybody because Ew. if she doesn't, then she can't be a mother Ew. in a different multiverse. <laughs> I hate that. No, thank you. That's a plot line I feel like is really, it's ready to go in any form. Stick it in any movie. Uh, okay, well, well, speaking of horror... I I feel like we have to address it. Um, we've put off talking about it on our podcast pretty well, I think. But the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp defamation trial happened, and the jury found um, in favor of Johnny Depp that he had been libeled by Amber Heard. And this well, I case, think it found that they were both libeled, they were both libeled but yeah. that he was li- libeled more or what? Yeah. Like he make, he got like she had to pay him money. He had to pay her money, but she had to yes. pay him more money than yes. the other way around. Aside from that fact, I truly know nothing about this case. I watched you. none of it. I followed it. Not at all. That's how it should be. I mean, bare bones, no matter how you feel about a thing. This was a domestic violence dispute. And it's it's obscene that this is played as like entertainment and fodder to the point that it was. I mean, it's the same thing we saw with the O.J. Simpson trial, with like the the Bill Clinton impeachment stuff. Like we just eat up this distress and and trauma and What's then reflect on crime, it. Yeah. yeah saga. <laughs> then we reflect, reflect on it 30 years later and we're like, oh my gosh, how can we do that to a person? And I think that's what was most upsetting about this is like that the level of like vitriol that came at Amber Heard is is like sickening to me. And I definitely think there was this urgency amongst, I don't know, society in general to to thirst for a woman to hate again and i think we as a society need to to deal with that because i see i saw so much on tiktok on twitter and a lot of it was actually paid by like by like far right hype accounts like to build uh an attack against amber heard and to create these trending hashtags and to push these videos and we have to ask ourselves why that would be and the point is that in this case he was found guilty of domestic violence he that was a proven detail in the uk case and the uk has very strict like defamation laws and and they found in favor of amber heard johnny depp did not like that and chose to do it in the us in a state neither of them are associated with but because they have they have a low stake defamation laws on in that state and he just, he demanded a public trial and it became the circus because he had louder flashier bigger um lawyers and so i think all those details are things people need to sit with and contemplate as they figure out their reaction to this because it's not as simple as like oh my gosh i hate them oh my gosh they're both bad oh my gosh she did this oh my gosh she was on tape saying this the, the conspiracy theories that came out of this are really alarming and like Johnny Depp has had a reputation from before he was with Amber Heard through their marriage proven through different things on both of their um you know accounts that he has been 
he has a violent temper. He's been having issues with his career before that because he would show up and he didn't have lines memorized. He was drunk. He was disorderly, whatever. And so the fact that he was able to get this defamation lawsuit where it argues that a single line in an op-ed Amber wrote six years ago destroyed his career is just like, "Mm, it's too much for me. So I just want to urge people who might feel strongly about this case to at least like dig into the evidence that was presented and why Amber Heard was was uh, was given the results in the UK and what happened in this trial where the jury was not even sequestered. And so they were seeing everything that was trending on Twitter and they were seeing everything on TikTok and they were watching the brands get in on this and they were watching the billboards go up and they saw the GOP tweet in defense of Johnny Depp. So it's like, what side do we want to be on? That's kind of my feeling. And I think that's a something we can all sit with as we move on and move forward from this case, hopefully. Well, I think that one, going into it, I mean, obviously Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are very different levels of fame. Mm-hmm. So automatically you are going to have a lot of people who are pro Johnny Depp um, just to begin with. And then the far right conservative movement is, I feel like their main platform at this point is like an anti-canceling thing. They're like, the liberals are canceling everybody. You could get canceled at any moment for like anything you say. And so they really are wanting someone to like have a cancel attempt taken on them and then have it like rebuffed. Mm -hmm. And I think also because there's so much of this like, believe the victim like we are taking things at face value like people are sort of indicted in the court of public appeal before they get to a actual legal court in lots of these cases that the far right also wants some kind of example of someone who was sort of like accused and then they could and then yeah they it turns out that they were innocent yeah yeah so that they can have a precedent so that the next time someone says, Oh, so and so abused me, they can say, Well, look what happened to Johnny Depp. He actually mm-hmm. didn't abuse her and he got in trouble, and then she got hers in the end and had to pay him all this money. And so I think no matter what you like, what your thoughts on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp individually and the case individually are, it is important to look at sort of why these other people tangentially related are supporting this case in either direction and how a lot of that has to do with things that are completely separate from Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and are much more nefarious than a single relationship is. Yeah. It's a pretty horrific precedent. So, and I just feel like in 20 years we'll be watching the framing Amber Heard documentary thinking, how could the public do that? Why were makeup brands getting in on this on TikTok and who is flexing on her on Twitter. It's just like, we just keep making the same mistakes when it comes to our massage noir. And I just think it's time to like sit back and really, really examine when we, when we buy into a system of oppression like that. Well, you know, a, a TV show that we can watch much sooner than that, that does involve a woman uh, in a reframed branding attempt is Kesha has a ghost hunting show coming out. Oh, wow. On Discovery Plus. I didn't know. I thought it was Demi Moore. I thought they were the one. I mean, Demi Lovato was into ghosts. 
Demi Lovato might be into ghosts, but Kesha apparently has a podcast about it. Oh, wow. And now she is uh, launching a TV show called Conjuring Kesha, in which <sighs> she, guided by supernatural experts and joined by other guest stars, investigate um, supernatural things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Demi Lovato is into aliens. Demi Lovato's talk to aliens. I okay. Oh, yes, I forgot about okay, that. Okay, yeah. Well, that's exciting, I guess. Is it? My question is like, I, I feel like this is interesting of a bigger question of like rebranding and yeah. such. Where Kesha's obviously a musician. I don't think that. Like I liked her, I've liked stuff that she's come out with in the past a little bit. Like I saw her on co- in concert a couple of years ago. Do we feel like this move is like helpful for her career, harmful for her career? Is this like a weird equivalent of being a judge on The Voice? Yeah. Like that's just a different television show. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like nice because I feel like when she was popular, she wasn't exactly trotted out for like her personality like I don't remember I don't know anything about Kesha I know her music and loved her yeah music, she's but just I sort of like, like trashy or whatever leash. yeah so it's I mean more power to her if this is something she really wants to do <laughs> but yeah it's kind of like huh I wouldn't have put that on my bingo card but well and I probably won't watch it but I'm happy for her yeah, I definitely I mean, I won't watch it either. I hope she has the opportunity she wants. And if this is what she wants, then I'm happy for her. If it's all she can get, then I'm a little sad. I mean, presumably people have to be trying to make more Kesha music. Like, she's not yeah. that far gone. Yeah. Well, I hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, is this... I mean, I guess Amanda Bynes' situation... Or, like, Lindsay Lohan, they, like, have a little different history. And so maybe that's why it's been harder for them to come back personally. But... I I just want I want the best for her. So if this is yeah. that, then I mean I don't <laughs> think Kesha ever had like sort of a breakdown moment. Yeah, yeah. She no, just had was, all of the stuff with Doctor Luke. Yeah. yeah, which was terrible. And I think that now that she's sort of extricated herself from that yeah. situation as much as possible, like she should be smooth sailing on the music front. Well, and the ghost. Now she wants to do the hunting, hunting. front. Yeah. <laughs> Any other stories? Uh, no. Um. My love it or hate it, I guess, is sort of a story. I know we'll be doing a full episode, but I wanted to just like touch base on Stranger Things. Um, have you seen yes. it yet? No, I have not okay, watched any okay. of it. Well, good for you. Um, yeah, it's different because this season is their longest season and they decided for some reason that it'd be better to split into two parts. Oh, I can tell you exactly why <laughs> they did that. Yeah. And so they had the first one come out last week and then the second one's going to come out July 4th, which we'll be covering the season then in full. But this season, this first half has been kind of like clunky and a little bit strange, if I can say that word. Um, And I heard everybody, I I feel like most people I've heard have liked this. Yeah. A lot of people have said, oh, it's the best. Yeah, I I know that's a popular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I I just kept waiting. It's a lot of setup, right? It's a lot of build up. And the problem too is these episodes are like an hour and a half long. Almost every single one of them is over an hour. And I don't know about you. <laughs> I know you 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 clock those long times. You don't love TV uh, shows because they're so long. No, I don't. But 
it just like it became a lot and they're all separated in a, in a lot of ways which is you know part of, most of the fun of stranger things is the group dynamics and so when they're spread thin and kind of split into these different storylines it's like okay well let's get the gang together and i think it will build into an interesting finale but i was kind of like it was kind of a chore to get through this season though it is a little darker like way more darker and I think the darkness is highlighted by a lack of like levity that you get when you have the whole gang together. So I think, again, the best parts of Stranger Things usually do end up being in the second half where they do have this kind of coming mm-hmm. together, final hurrah, like let's fight for it. But what was interesting about this, and it's not a spoiler, um, with the rollout, the Duffer brothers have had to kind of do a couple different like course corrections as people have like theorized about what's going to happen next. And one of those is that poor Will is paid dust in this first half. And one of the storylines is that like the literal scene, the literal title card of the beginning season is March 22nd, 1980, whatever year it is. Like They call out the specific date. And then people realize that that's Will's birthday. And so they're like, oh my gosh, the storyline is going to be like Will so mad that people forgot his birthday like maybe he's gonna turn bad or like no one acknowledged will's birthday so something must he must be stuck in the upside down this must be a fever dream like they were just like obsessed with this with this detail and everyone's like the Duffer brothers don't miss anything everything's been building towards this season (laughs) it's gonna be a huge moment like of course they chose this date because it's will's birthday but then the Duffer brothers had to come out with a statement that were like we thought about whether or not to address this and the truth is we just forgot that we'd ever said their birth date <laughs> which i feel like is very normal like yeah. the same thing happened sort of in yellow jackets where there was like a list of songs that somebody had written in like a journal and it oh, and yeah. one of the songs wasn't out yet at yeah. the date that it was supposed to be and so everyone was like oh she's a time traveler and it's like no, actually, just sometimes these minuscule <laughs> details like are done incorrectly. So funny. So they had to be like, well, I mean, all love to Will. We couldn't exactly retcon his birthday. So we're just going to own this and say it's our bad. We didn't know that. Yeah. But, and so either they're trolling us and it's going to turn out <laughs> that they There's got us no good. way. This doesn't matter <laughs> at all. But it made me laugh. And I do have to say, like, it, you know, you you get $30 million an episode. You're told your Netflix is flagship. Like, it has to go to the head at some point. And I'm a little worried that this might not be the best. But I'm willing to give it a chance and hope that it turns around in part two. But the fact that they also have season five planned for after this. The kids are starting to look really old. It's all starting to be a little bit hard to to really well, season accept. five is supposedly the last one so yes, yes. they I have a they, hard stop i think they addressed or they're like oh shoot these kids are getting old we need to wrap this up yeah it is crazy and and seeing like flashbacks like fan you know fan created videos of like where they've come from it's like oh my gosh they were so little and now they're old and we're old and it's like life goes on so still nostalgic Bobby for brown it but... is got like the energy of a 35 year old yes. like bank teller i feel like yes. in these promo videos that i've seen i'm also excited to address the will stuff which i haven't i haven't watched the show but i've obviously seen the headlines about his sexuality and stuff so i'm intrigued (laughs) to dig in on that as well yeah i'll be interested do you think you'll watch this before the second part or are you just going to do a heavy binge it sort of depends on how much time i have because i would pace yourself a little i know it's it's i know the episodes are long 
Ugh, I hate a long episode. You know <laughs> yeah. that. I just, I hate and it so, so much. so if you have to get through like 20 hours of Ooh. Stranger Things in a weekend so we okay, can do okay. I'll, I'll start. I'll start diving in <laughs> hopefully this weekend. The, the problem is, is that this, on Wednesdays, there's Tribeca Film Festival. And oh, so I'm yeah. literally seeing like 30 movies in the next <laughs> week. So... But luckily for me, it's a film festival. So most of those movies are like 90 minutes or less, which is a nice length for a movie, a bad length for a TV show. I'm sure some of them are shorter than some of these episodes. I am positive. (laughs) I'm seeing a thing tomorrow that's 71 minutes. So (laughs) glorious. Um, What have you been watching? My love it or hate it is Fire Island. Yes. Which I feel like we, you have watched, I have watched, we need to talk about it because we're not going to get a whole episode. Did I? Well, now I can't, I mean, I heard about it from you, but maybe it was just in passing. Why would I have brought it up if it's not out yet though? Because you bring up all sorts of things you see beforehand. Did you not see it before? Did I? No, I did, but I saw it like a month ago. So I feel like I wouldn't have brought it up then. Yeah. Maybe it was when we were discussing what to talk about one week. And also, we Anyways, only go had ahead. one. Also, we only have ha- done like one pop culture roundup You're in right. a while, <laughs> right. and I don't think I talked about it last week. Did I? No, no. It was probably now just, I'm, It was probably just when I'm we were. Crazy. You know, we have a life outside of this podcast. You probably That's just true. told me, and I just forgot. So please continue. It's really good. It's based <laughs> yeah. on Pride and Prejudice, which I thought going in would be. Like, I saw that on the Wikipedia page at one point, and I was like, this feels like it's going to be a disaster. (laughs) Um, Fire Island is an island that is near New York that is um, like a gay vacation spot, sort of. Um, Like, you go there. there. I've been there. <laughs> it's um, it's nightmarish to get to. You have to take like two trains and a shuttle and a ferry. It's very hard to get to. <laughs> and it's basically like 95% gay people just like walking around this little island. There's no roads there. You're walking on these boardwalks. Um, so it's a very interesting s- setting for a rom-com. And they sort of took the clueless slash 10 things I hate about you uh, model of taking a classic book and like revamping it. And I thought it worked really well to have the story of like the five sisters be these like five, um, you know, gay guys who are sort of like a chosen family. And yeah, it was really sweet. It was a lot of fun. I thought that like Bo and Yang is in it and he was really great. Um, there, you know, there were some discrepancies on the accuracy of some of the Fire Island bits, but <laughs> in general, I thought it was a lot of fun. What did you think funny. about it? Yeah, we watched it last night. It was fun. It was it was funny. Rob doesn't know Pride and Prejudice, but I did. So it was like fun to see their play on it and to like sort of know what's coming, but then to see how they how they build it up in a rom-commy way that still feels fresh. And so I think everyone was really good in it. I mean, part of the it, it felt fast, like it's definitely not as like character like it's not a hardcore character driven piece you know they're not they're not going for the emotional appeal well, it's as not much the, as yeah it's not the, the, the six hour bbc yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. docu-series but it was fun a lot yeah, of butts the, i watched it in fire island with a bunch of friends and none of them had got any of the pride and prejudice references and i kept being like oh that's wickham and they're like yeah. who 
<laughs> Unlike you guys. Get Gosh, it together. That's so embarrassing. Have you not read Pride and Prejudice multiple times and seen like all of the movie adaptations? Yeah. Get I felt sad. It. I felt like the mean gays were like really mean and that made me sad. The mean gays are really mean. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this what Matt deals with? Or is no, he one because of the I'm gays? the mean gay. No, <laughs> yeah. no I'm lovely. <laughs> um, but I'm also, I don't know. I feel like the some people are get very um, affected by the mean gays in general. Yeah. And like they're very sort of hot, like annoying, like attitude. And I am of the opinion that all gay people all go matter. through a lot of trauma. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, blue yeah. lives matter. Um, no, <laughs> that all gay people go through a lot of trauma and that um, sort of rears its ugly head in a bunch of different ways. And I feel like most of the people who are like super hot, mean gays are actually just like rife with all kinds of insecurities and mm. trauma. So I sort of feel bad for them, which I know is not how you're supposed <laughs> to feel. But whenever they're mean, I'm sort of like, oh, like, who hurt you? Like, yeah, like something must have gone very wrong for you and you haven't been in therapy <laughs> enough about it. So how sweet like, good luck. of you. <laughs> you know, I try. I try to have an optimistic view on things, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But yeah, you. no, the movie was good. Uh, one thing that's interesting is I have a couple of friends in New York who are sort of anti Fire Island, like Fire <laughs> Island in general, I think gets the rap of being sort of this like party haven. Yeah. And so I know some people who are like, oh, uh, like I would never go to Fire Island, blah, blah, blah. But now that this movie has come out and like truly random, you know, straight people and their cousins and whoever have heard about Fire Island, like they've asked them like, oh, like why haven't you been to Fire Island? You live in New York. Like it looks like fun. And they're like, <laughs> well, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so... <laughs> I think some of those people might be making vacations there soon. <laughs> Whoa. Something new, you got to do at growth. least once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for that, for them. Happy to hear it. Yeah, you should come sometime, Shelby. You can, you as can an stay ally? For like, as an ally for the <laughs> afternoon portion for like two hours. Then I'll put you on the ferry oh, and okay, okay. before the <laughs> real craziness starts. <laughs> okay, perfect. I look forward to it. Well, we're moving on from my culture to your culture, uh, because the Thursday episode we'll be talking about the Mormon murder mystery uh, under the banner of heaven. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Talking I'm about excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We'll get to my trauma in one of these episodes, I'm sure, at some point. But Jurassic World Dominion is yeah. a lot like my upbringing. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. So anyways, we'll be talking about that um, on Thursday. In the meantime, you can leave us a review. You can follow us on social media. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.